Hello and welcome to this episode of The Heart's Desire. In this podcast, I focus on issues that affect marriage and family today, and I approach it from not only a therapeutic perspective, but also a Catholic viewpoint. Uh, Hello, my name is Craig Schutte, and I'm your host. I am a marriage therapist and the director of Marriage Works Ohio. I am the author of the Discovering Our Deepest Desire Catholic Marriage Enrichment Program, and I'm also a husband and father, uh, husband to Stephanie for the past 25 years and father to seven uh, very incredibly wonderful children and uh, love every moment of spending time with them. My goal in doing this podcast is to share the many things I've learned over the past 25 years about healthy dating skills, how to enter into marriage in a successful way, and how to navigate married life in in such a way that helps your marriage to be more sacramental and life-giving. So let's start with kind of the 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 focus for today's show. Uh, I want to title it Mission Impossible. Uh, A lot of people love those movies that are out about Mission Impossible, and we know that with it is this whole concept of he's given a mission and he has to accomplish it against all odds. And it is, seems like that, Mission Impossible. And so uh, these were old movies from the, I want to say, 70s, uh, 70s, 80s. And then they were reestablished in the, uh, just recently with Tom Cruise. But I want to talk about this, this idea of Mission Impossible because of the readings from this past weekend. Amongst the three readings that we had... There was one that was couched in the middle from Ephesians. It's Ephesians 5, 21 through 33. Actually, it wasn't all of that. It was a good bit of it. But I love this reading because to me, this is the epitome of the marriage mission. And so many people today really struggle with this, with this reading. In fact, I love doing this reading when I'm talking to college students. Why? Because they're the ones that react uh, most strongly against this reading for many different reasons. Um, And and in fact, when I do this reading, I kind of stop after the first three lines and just kind of savor the looks on their faces and then really develop it with them. Because I don't think we've done a very good job of helping people in today's culture understand the beauty of and uh, actually the difficulty of this reading. And this is the one where you hear the word submissive or subordinate. Uh, I like the version that talks about submissive, and I'll, t- I'll talk about that in just a minute here. So before I do that, let's read it, because I think this is so important. So I'm going to read through this, and when I read through it, I want you to just really listen to the words. Think about any part of it that really stands out to you. Think about any part that really kind of maybe challenges you or maybe you have a difficulty with. And just think about that. So again, this is Ephesians five twenty one through 33. And he says, Be submissive to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, be submissive to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is submissive to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church 
and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to also love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his wife even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Now, why does this get so much bad press? Well, first of all, the word submission or subordinate. Those words evoke a kind of a gut-wrenching response from many people today because of a lot of abuse, a lot of um, neglect, a lot of poor, how do I want to say this, poor relations between men and women in many spheres of this world. And, and I think it's sad because it's not the case with everybody, and not the majority of people, but there is a lot of this going on, and there's this division between men and women today. You know, the whole women's rights movement was a good thing. It needed to happen. But like any movement, what we see is a lot of times it goes too far. And in, these, in that movement, amongst other ones, they've moved to a point where it, it pushes more towards a separation of individuals versus a uniting them and enriching them and then through it growing together. So men bear a, you know, a big part of this too. It's not just the women that took it too far. It's the men who didn't step up and really take it the way they should have. And that's why I love this reading because if we think about it, and we're going to here, it goes so much deeper. So again, that word submission or subordinate gets, you know, I, I ask college students all the time, what do, you think, what do you think of when you hear these words? Especially in today's day, what are some of the words, what are the things that you think about? And you get words like, you know, peon, slave, um, you know, someone who is kind of at the foot of their, their master, uh, doing whatever they want under their rule of thumb. Um, just a lot of times it's those negative connotations. And the first three lines of this really focus on that with women. And that's where I usually stop when I'm reading it to, you know, these classes. Uh, and then we go on. But why, you know, these first three, it really hits home. We, you know, women are called to. And a lot of times when you hear it, we forget the first line, which is be submissive to one another. So there is this call for both of us to do that. But then it goes on and hits really hard for women. So let's talk about the word, again, the one I love is submissive. And the first half of that is sub, meaning under, submarine, sub, 
subway. It's under. So it's under and missive or mission is that under the mission of. That mission, having a, uh, a plan, having a end goal, having, you know, um, a plan for your life, for your marriage. So women are called to be under the mission of their husbands, which indicates what? Men need to have a mission. The problem today is a lot of men don't have a worthy mission. I see this all the time. Men are striving for more power. They're striving for more money. They're striving for more fame and fortune and the big home and the big car and you know the, the six-figure, seven-figure salary. And when you have a mission like that that's so worldly, you know, you can only go with it for so long before you start to see the destructive parts of it. Now, is it sinful to be in a powerful position? Is it sinful to have money? Is it sinful? No. But just like anything, we're called to detach from these things, and they become an instrument that we use versus something that rules and uses and dictates our life to us. And this happens a lot where, you know, men and, some, and many women today, too, are, are caught up in this um, desire for more earthly things. But that's not what Christ is calling us to. So the first part of this is, you know, wives, be under the mission of your husbands. And if it's a good mission, if it's a holy mission, if it's a Christ-centered mission, then it's worth being under the mission of. But a lot of times today, women don't want to be under that mission because it's the, the men's mission isn't holy. It's selfish. It's self-centered. It's you know difficult. Now, some women don't want to be under the mission of holy men because maybe they're not holy or they're not very um, deep into their faith. And so that can be a struggle at times. But that can come... You know, there can be some healing over time with that. So wives are called to be under the mission of. Well, what does this mean for men? Men need to have a mission. So, okay, what's our mission? Well, that's where the rest of this reading really hits home as to what that mission has to be. And again, it goes on to say, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to, be, to love their wives as their own bodies." He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. We as men, our mission has to be to be as Christ to our spouse. And that doesn't mean that we just take them to church on Sunday. It doesn't mean that we just go to work and bring home money to pay the bills. It doesn't mean that we just sit there and suffer through our wives' 
stories to us at the end of each day when we want to go off and watch a movie or you know go drinking with our buddies or go play golf or whatever. To be Christ to each other, to be Christ to our wives, means that we have to be willing to die to ourselves for love of them. To help them on this journey, that cherishing them and nourishing them. I talk a lot about, in the work that I do, about what I call a Eucharistic marriage. And it's not just one where we go to Mass and celebrate the Eucharist and worship Christ, but it's also where we, as Christ did for us, we be Eucharistic to each other. Christ feeds us through the Eucharist. We are called to feed one another, but especially our marriage and our spouse. And this isn't just for men. This is for women. We have to do, because if you listen to the very end of this, it's, you know, each individual among you also is to love his wife as himself, but the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. And respect means love, means honoring. So men need to give women a reason to respect and honor us. And women need to be patient with men as we mess up and we make mistakes and show us respect. You know, a lot of times in relationships, we'll see these problems occur where, you know, a guy messes up and the woman, the wife just rips him to shreds and puts him down. And how could you do that? How could you make that? And even simple mistakes. You picked up the wrong thing at the store. This is not what I asked you to do. Instead of being gentle with one another. Men do the same thing back to women because of their frustration of the day or, you know, because they're not getting along, they're not communicating. But we're called to nourish this relationship, show respect, show love for one another. So men, we're called to be like Christ, to die to ourselves, to come home and to hear what's going on in our home, to see what our wife needs from us, to help around the house. I know many men who, I've even heard their wives say, your husband changes the kids' diapers? My, my husband would never do that. Really? Well, I wish I could get a hold of these men and slap them silly. Because it's like, wait a minute, you brought this child into the world also. You are called to be a light to your children, and part of it is serving them and loving them and doing the hard things like Mother Teresa taught us, like many of the saints before us taught us. It's digging in, changing the diapers, cleaning the house, you know, helping out, listening to our wife, walking through the journeys with them, not just trying to give them a fix, you know, for their problem, but to walk it through if they're struggling with even an emotional difficulty. They're, they're dealing with depression or anxiety. It's not just, t- did you take your pill? Well, go see your therapist. Maybe part of the problem is, is we're not nourishing them by listening and walking through and saying, you know what, that's tough. And I'm so sorry that you have to deal with this. How can I help you? So many people do not feel heard. So many people today do not feel cared for. Too many people feel dismissed. They feel like they're a burden to their spouse. And there you see this great divide and this great breaking of the heart and breaking of the marriage bond. But in this mission, 
in Ephesians 5 and other places throughout Scripture, God's calling us to a deeper love in this lifetime because it's such a blip on the radar. We're only here for a short time. And then, you know, what we do determines all of eternity. I like to look at Ephesians 5 as a mission for a marriage. Why is that important? Well, every credible, think about it, every credible business today has a mission, has a vision. They know where they're going. They know what their plan is to get there. And if they don't have a vision and mission, they're wandering aimlessly. And would you, think about this, would you invest a million dollars into a business that had no vision, no mission? You wouldn't. If you did, you'd be dumb. Why? Because they have no idea where they're going. And so they're, they're more susceptible to wandering into dangerous waters, losing the business, going down into bankruptcy, and then you've lost your investment. But instead, you look around for those who have a mission that lines up with your heart, with what you think is best, and that's where you invest. It's the same thing with our marriage. If this is something that's for a lifetime, we should have a vision. What is our end goal? It should be heaven. For me, there's even more to it. I want the end of my life to be something very powerful when I die. To have my family around me saying, Thank you, Dad, for those things that you did to bring Christ into our life. That you walk this journey with us. That's you know, kind of that end goal. That's that vision. But in order to get to that vision, you have to have the mission which says, I need to live this Christ life like. Christ like life. There we go. (laughs) And every day you have to remind yourself, this is what it's going to take. This is where I'm going. This is what I want to achieve. And so that's why I love this reading so much. And it is so beautiful for husbands and wives. But we get lost because we see it in comparison to the way the world has trashed it and destroyed it through its sinful, not only its sinful ways, but its acceptance of these sinful ways. We as Christians, we as Catholics, we have to reinvigorate marriage. We have to show the world what marriage is, so we have to relearn what marriage should be. And that's the beauty of this reading, is that it gives us exactly what we need to do. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. We become one. We are to walk this journey as one. We are to love as one. We are to nourish each other as one. And when one hurts, the other hurts. And when one is joyful-filled, the other one should be able to enjoy and join in that joy. But often today, we're so separated that we're two instead of one. So I encourage all of you, as you... You know, think about this reading, reread through it throughout this week, and really think about what this means for not just your marriage, but your relationship with others. What does it mean to serve others and to really want the best for them, to lift them up too, to become better? And 
really try and incorporate this concept of being Eucharistic to each other throughout the whole week. Well, thanks for listening, and please join me again each week as I delve into more issues that affect marriage and family life. And I look at ways to improve and strengthen our marriage journey uh, through this through this podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please consider encouraging your friends and family to also listen in. And if you have any topics you would like for me to touch on in the future, feel free to contact me through my website. And that again is OurDeepestDesire.com Our, like O-U-R, OurDeepestDesire.com You can also go there to learn more about the Discovering Our Deepest Desire curriculum. And until next week, may God lead you deeper into discovering your heart's innermost desire. Desire.